How you guys doing? How's the first day of camp? Good? Hey, if you're taking notes, you got a Bible, uh, kind of make your way to Romans chapter 7 and 8. Probably going to end up there. We're going to talk about other passages too, that if you're taking notes, maybe you can write them down. Moving to them is going to be kind of tough tonight, but uh, if you would just do that. Um, so um, get ready to write. Uh, let's see. I, did Ryan tell you like what milkshake he liked? I think he told you guys, right? What did he say? Espresso. Chocolate. What? Chocolate malted crunch and espresso or something. Okay. If you are taking notes, this might be, a, this is going to be a really important thing to write down. Super, super. Yeah, it's going to be super important. Somebody's going, no, they're going, no, it's not. Here it is. <clears throat> if you go get a milkshake. How many of you guys got a milkshake already? They're good. They really are good. Thick. You can't go wrong no matter what you get. But uh, any of you guys like uh, Tootsie Pops? If you don't like Tootsie Pops, honestly, this isn't for everybody. So if you don't like Tootsie Pops, don't write this down. If you like Tootsie Pops, if you like those, if you go to Trader Joe's, you ever gotten one of those chocolate orange-shaped things? That they're orange-flavored chocolates? Ah, oh, they're so good. To me, they are. So, if that's what you like, you're going to love this. So, if you don't like that, you don't need to write anything down. Here goes. One half chocolate. One half sherbet. Trust me. Orange soda instead of milk. So, you asked for one half chocolate, one half the rainbow sherbet that they have. Somebody said, it's, by the way, it's not sherbet because there's no R if you look at it. But anyway, and orange soda instead of milk. And uh, if you like Tootsie Pops, that's what I call it. That's a Tootsie Pop shake right there. You're welcome. So if you have it tomorrow, you know, you have it tomorrow, let me know what you thought of it. So here you go. Um, Guys, I told you to turn the Romans. Now, I, I'm going to get there, so don't, don't worry about that. But, um, by the way, great kickball game tonight. That was fun. Okay. It was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, hey, the book of Acts, right? We're going through Acts, right? Right? We just kind of, in the book of Acts, you're going to see a lot of dramas about whose life? Paul's life. And the book of Acts and stuff, so you go, especially for like chapter 9 and on, almost to the very end, you know, almost the entire thing is really about this, this guy, Paul, his life. And so you look at the book of Acts and you go, hey, why is this called the book of Acts? And um, it's the book of these actions of these people or this person. And so some people go, oh, the book of Acts is about the actions of Paul, you know, for the most part. But... Paul doesn't really kind of come into really a strong play until like chapter 9. So you're going, oh, it's the acts of some, maybe some other people too. Like it's the acts of, acts of some Christians. My Bible says this on the top, and this is just, just what somebody wrote in it. It says the acts of the apostles. I don't know if your Bible maybe says that, but that's what my Bible it says. Like, oh, the acts of the apostles. Or the acts of the early church or something like that. But guys, I'm not convinced of that. I don't think it's the acts of Paul. I don't think that this book is about the acts of the apostles. And that was like the first leaders of the church. I don't think it's the, it's the acts of the first disciples. I don't think it's the acts of the early church. 
And chapter 1, verse 8 is actually the key verse of the entire book. And it says, but when you re receive power, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the, uh, to the end of the earth. That there's this Holy Spirit that's going to come upon you. He's going to give you power so that you can become my witnesses. This Holy Spirit's going to give you power so that you'll become people who can share and show Jesus to the world around you. And the entire rest of the book shows how all of that happened. Guys, it's not about the acts of the apostles. It's not about the acts of Paul. You know who it's about? The acts of the Holy Spirit. You guys, when you guys look at the dramas, I don't want you to miss it because it's easy to miss. When you look at the dramas from this time on, like even tomorrow, all this stuff, and you start reading, you're reading in the book of Acts. I want you to see something. It's totally true. This isn't about Paul's decisions to do anything. Paul's not deciding anything. Paul's following somebody else's decision. The Holy Spirit. He's following whatever the Holy Spirit wants him to do and where the Holy Spirit wants him to go, whatever the Holy Spirit wants him to say, he's following him. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit is just using Paul. Paul's just allowing the Holy Spirit to use him. It's about the Holy Spirit. That's what this book is about and how he uses people to share and show Jesus to the world around him. That's what it's about. That's what it's still about, by the way, you guys. Your life, your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, your life is about the Holy Spirit living his life in you and through you to show the world and share with the world the message of Jesus. He wants to give you power so that you can be his witness. He wants to give me that. And so he, Jesus, when he left, the best thing he could do was when he left and told his disciples, it's actually good that I'm going because when I leave, you're going to get an incredible gift from God. He's, he's, he's the Holy Spirit who's going to live not just one place one, one time, but live inside every single one of us and inside every Christian around the entire world has the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us has him. I have the Holy Spirit within me giving me power. I have the Holy Spirit within me wanting to guide me and teach me and show me and lead me. And, and I, the Bible says, hey, walk by the Spirit. So I've got all this stuff, but I gotta be, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us understand maybe that. We're going, oh, yeah, I totally got a grip, grip of that. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, I've totally seen how he works in my life, and I totally understand how he's been leading me and everything. And I hear people, what I've done is I've heard people, especially when I was like in junior high, I remember this, hearing people like standing on a stage and going, wow, the Holy Spirit really led me. Uh, to this thing in my life, and I just listened to his voice, and he showed me this, and I was going, everybody's out in the audience is going, oh, you know, hallelujah, whatever that meant, and I was going, yeah, yeah, oh, good, but inside I was going, I have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, I didn't know. I was like, oh, I sing these songs. Or, hey, Holy Spirit, come down. Like we sing it, come down, fill us up, you know, bring us back to you, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Is anybody with me here? Like, I don't know. Was I the only one that was like, I have no idea really what's going on. I, I, didn't, I, don't, I, don't hear, I don't see some big jar of syrup. Never happened to me. 
I don't see, and I'm not even talking about what, what was happening to drama. I've never had anything, anyone come give me sign language to help me know where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. I feel like I'm on my own. That's what I feel like. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying, and I'm maybe just finally saying it for us. Because we're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, the Holy Spirit working in my life. What? Really? Can you think of something that he actually has done? Some of us, really, we're being honest, we're going, I, I don't know. I've never heard a voice. I've never heard somebody, you know, tap me on the shoulder in the middle of the night. I wake up and suddenly God tells me something. That's never happened to me. Maybe it's, God could do that. I'm just telling you it's never happened to me. And if you are somebody going, that's never happened to me too. Oh, you mean I'm not the only one? You're right. You're not the only one. Does that mean the Holy Spirit isn't at work? I got to tell you, for a while, I thought maybe he passed me up. Maybe, I don't know. I, these other people are talking about how the Holy Spirit's leading them and guiding them. And they're walking by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And I don't, where, I don't, where am I supposed to go? I don't see anybody. I don't feel, I don't. I don't, I don't hear anything. I, where, what's the deal? I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not a puppet. I don't feel like somebody pulling my arm or anything. I, I don't feel it. So did he pass me up? Maybe he just hasn't really come in my life to work in my life yet. Any of you guys relate? We're waiting. But you guys... Something hit me. I read a couple of things that I want to show to you. This is, I hope it's going to be so encouraging that some of us are going, really, the Holy Spirit's working in my life? I hope by the end of this you're going to go, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is really working in my life. I'm convinced, you guys, for myself, that there was tons of stuff that the Holy Spirit kept doing in my life and kept leading me and guiding me, but I never gave him credit. I just never gave him credit because I didn't know it was him. I thought it was me. I thought it was somebody else. I thought that it was some circumstances, but it really was him. Let me read to you one thing. It's, it's awesome. I'm just going to read to you. Write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Listen to this. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church about the Holy Spirit. He says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? Who knows what you're thinking except for you? Unless you tell me what you're thinking, I don't know what you're thinking. Right? But listen, that says, and then he says, that's the same thing that's true with God. He says, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. No one can understand the thoughts of God, what God is thinking, except for the Spirit of God. Then it says in verse 12, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. You know what it's saying? It hit me. I went, hold it. Are you saying, is, is, is Paul saying that anything that I understand about God, anything that I understand about God and what he thinks and what he says and what life is really all about, anything that I really get and the light bulb turned on in my head, that was the Holy Spirit who did that? And the answer is yes. I thought it was me being smart. And I found out, no, I'm still dumb. And so are you. I'm just being honest. We, look, this is, seriously, guys, get this. I want you to get this, seriously. Have you ever had a time, ever had a time in your life, ever, 
where somebody told you some truth from God's word, something spiritual, something about God, and you went, and like a little light bulb went click, and you went, oh, I get it now. Does that ever happen to you? It wasn't because it was a great speaker. It wasn't because you're going, oh, well, that was because my youth pastor finally put it in terms that I could understand, and I finally got it. Thank you, youth pastor. That's because the speaker up there finally said it in a way that I finally understood it. Thank you, PJ. Oh, that's because my parents were really good parents, and they were really good at being able to explain God's truth to me. Thanks, parents. No, and the Holy Spirit's okay with it. He doesn't even care if he gets credit. He doesn't want the attention on him. But I'm telling you guys the truth. It wasn't the speaker. It wasn't the youth pastor. It wasn't your parents. And it wasn't you. The only way we understand anything, anything spiritual, anything, is because the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. Because no one can comprehend the thoughts of God. No one. Unless the Holy Spirit reaches inside your head and turns on the light bulb. Maybe some, the next time that something clicks in our head, let's not thank the speaker or thank that teacher or thank that parent. Maybe we should go, thanks, Holy Spirit. Thank you for working in my life. You know, there's another thing that he does. And, and Jesus said this in John chapter 12, 14, verse 26. Write it down. John chapter 12, 14, 26. Jesus told his disciples, hey, when I leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you, and he's going to lead you to all truth. He's going to lead you to the truth. And then he said, and this is how he's going to do it. He's going to bring to your mind, he's going to bring to your remembrance the things that I've taught you. Have you ever had a time in your life where you've heard something from God's truth and you understood God's truth? Ever. Holy Spirit did that. Have you ever had a time, get this, have you ever had a time where you're going through the day, maybe you're at school with some friends, you're maybe with your team, maybe with some friends after school, maybe with you, you're with your family, maybe you're actually in some kind of situation with some people or something, and you're going through it, and then there's something that just pops in your head. You think you're remembering something. You're going, man, I remember something about this. I was reading the Bible, and I, or somebody was teaching me something in the Bible, and now I remember that, and you know what? This is, I could apply this right here. You know what? I know, I, I really should say something. I I know I really should say something about God right here. I know I should say something about like what really life is about. And it goes in your head. Or man, I know I really should stop talking right now. I know what I'm saying is not right. I know the way I'm saying it isn't the right way to say it. You know what, I know how I'm treating this person. I know it's not right. I remember something in God's word, love your enemy. And the way I'm treating this person, I'm not treating them out of love. I, I'm not treating them that way at all. And you, and you start feeling bad about it. You start feeling like, oh man, this isn't the way I'm supposed to be doing it. Or you're doing something, you go, that's, I, yeah, that's right. That's what God's word told me to do. And I did it. Has that anything like that ever happened to you? Yeah. It hit your, in your mind. And you went, hey, I have a pretty good memory. Good thing I memorized that verse. That wasn't you. You wouldn't remember one thing about God about spiritual things and how to live. You won't remember one thing. I don't care how smart you think you are. We don't remember anything spiritual unless the Holy Spirit brings it to our mind. We thought it was from our little memory banks, but it was the Holy Spirit who pushed it in and brought it into your mind. 
I didn't hear a voice. I just remembered. Guys, when I read that stuff, I went, I actually went like this. You mean the Holy Spirit is at work in me? And the answer is yeah. The Holy Spirit is really working in your life, you guys. Anything you know, anything you remember, that's anything to do with God or spiritual or Christianity or the way you're supposed to live life is all the Holy Spirit bringing it to your mind. So maybe the next time you remember that verse or you remember that thing and be able to apply it to what you're doing, maybe we should go, hey, thanks, Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing that to my mind. So then... When God, when the Holy Spirit brings all this stuff to your mind, the light bulb turns on. This is what it means to walk by the Spirit or be led by the Spirit. Have you ever heard those terms? Like, what does it mean, walk by the Spirit? It's when he puts those thoughts in your mind about living life the way that God has intended you for, to live it, and you go, okay, I'll follow that. Have you had those moments where that thing goes in your mind, you're talking with somebody else, and you make that decision, that split second decision, and sometimes, if we're being honest, we're going, sometimes I go, okay, man, I know I shouldn't be talking about that, and you stop. Other times, you're like, I know I shouldn't be talking about this, but I can't help it. And you just keep going. I know I should say something right here, but I'm not going to. That's the decision to not walk by a spirit. Now, do you know some times in your life where you have decided to walk by his spirit and not? I, I know times. I know times. And it happens in a split second. And I make that decision to either do it God's way or to do it my way. And that's what the Bible says. You're either going to, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have him in your life, you have the Holy Spirit within you, he is bringing that stuff to your mind and you know he does. Sometimes you wish you didn't feel guilty. Sometimes you wish he didn't convict you. Sometimes you wish it didn't happen, but he does. Because he loves you. And you know there's been times where you've gone, okay, I'm going to walk the way he wants me to walk. It's not about me. It's about him and how he wants me to live life. And go, okay, spirit, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it the way you want, that you're bringing it to my mind. And other times we do what the Bible says to walk according to our flesh. And you know why it says walk according to your flesh? At first I thought, what's it mean, walk according to my flesh? Like what? Like, what is that? But it's a way that the Bible shows. It's like walking according to my flesh. It's like my body, me, myself, alone, just me. I'm going to do it my way. Walking according to flesh is doing it my way. Walking according to spirit is doing it his way. We all make those decisions, right? Yeah. We all do. Every time I walk according to my flesh, in other words, I'm going to do it my way. I might even have good intentions. I'm going to do his thing my way. It doesn't work, but I'm going to try it anyway. You know what always ends up when I try to do anything? I even try to do something unselfish my way. You know what always ends up being? Selfish. It always ends up being my way. And the results of anybody, when you decide to do things your way, walk according to your flesh, is going to be a lot of things focused on you. And any time that you walk according to the Spirit, you go, I'm going to do things His way. I'm going to follow what he, he leads and how He brings things to my mind about what He shows me in God's truth. I'm going to do it His way. Whenever we do that, it, it leads to a selfless life. We start living for God and for other people. That's what happens. Paul, in, in uh, Romans chapter 7 and 8, remember I told you to turn there? If you're, if you're there right now. In Romans 7 and 8, Paul talks about life. In chapter 7, Paul 
He's talking to these people who are going, ah, oh, do we really need the Holy Spirit? I mean, there are Christians that are like, ah, oh, the Holy Spirit, whatever. I've got the Bible. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I've got the Bible, and I've got a lot of willpower. So I'll just really try hard to follow this on my own. And in Romans chapter 7, if you notice, if you ever read through the chapter, you can read through it on your own. But if you read through chapter 7, you'll notice there is one person that's totally out of chapter 7. It's the Holy Spirit. The only thing in chapter 7 is me, the, the Bible, and my willpower. And you'll see that he says, if that's all I have, even if I'm trying to do the right thing, I can't do it. I can't. But he tries to say that because he goes, you have this Holy Spirit in you. And some of us are not wanting to follow the Holy Spirit who's right inside of us trying to guide us. And we're still fighting, saying, I think I still want to do it my way. But what's fantastic is that he says, you know what? You can't do it your way. It'll never work. But then in chapter 8, he says, but you're not alone. You don't have to do it your way. If you look at chapter 8, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. In verses 6 and 7, look what it says. In chapter 8, it says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. I'm just, gonna, I'm just thinking about doing it my way. And he says, what does that lead to? Death. But, the, 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 but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You know what? I'm going to change my mind, and I'm going to listen to the way, what he brings to my mind and how he reminds me of God's word. I'm going I'm to follow his way, and I'm not going to make it about me. At least to life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh, look at verse 7, is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can't. It can't do it God's way. In fact, look at verse 8. Those who are in the flesh, if that's all you have, is that if you are only on your own and you do not have the Holy Spirit, what does it say? You can't even please God. You can't. But look at verse 9. And he's talking to Christians here. He's talking to people who, who know Jesus, like we talked about last night. You entered a relationship with him. He goes, you, however, are not in the flesh. That's not who you are anymore. He goes, but you're in the spirit. If, in fact, he says, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. He says, look, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, then you're in the spirit. You're not in the flesh anymore. You have a different way of living life now. You don't have to live it your way. You can live it his way. And he goes, and if, if, you're, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you go, well, I'm not sure if I have the Holy Spirit. He goes, if you don't, then you're not a follower of Jesus, which means if you are a follower of Jesus, do you have him? Yes. He goes on and says, if you look at verse 12, so then, brothers, we are debtors. We're in debt to someone. We owe someone something. He goes, but not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. You know, we owe it to God. If he gave us his Holy Spirit and he's within us and says, I want to lead you and I'm bringing things to your mind, all these spiritual truths, I'm turning on your light bulbs, quit turning them off and start just following whatever I'm showing you and bringing to your mind and say, I don't care about my way anymore. I just care about his way. We owe it to him. We owe it to him. He's given us another way of living. A way of living that we don't have to be enslaved to sin. You walk according to the flesh, you're going to have victory over sin. You try to do it your way, it'll never happen. That's for all of us. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going, I know Jesus. And maybe for some of us tonight, and I'm just going to finish talking to you, and I want to talk to a different group of people. 
that I think we need to talk to. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you, I want you to know, you have the Holy Spirit. You know he's been working in your life. Maybe you're going, wow, I've been taking credit for it. I thought I had a great memory. I thought I was smart. I thought I just figured this stuff out. I thought I had a great speaker. No, it's the Holy Spirit. And now it's time for some of us, it's time for us to follow the Holy Spirit who continues, continues, continues to want to lead you. You're not gonna be pushed by the Holy Spirit. You're not gonna be dragged by the Holy Spirit. It's called walking by the Spirit. You have a choice. You don't have to. He's not gonna force you. But now you're free to. You have freedom to walk according to the Spirit. Wow. Now, if you have freedom to walk according to the Spirit, you also have freedom to do what? To not. Why are some of us using our freedom to not. It just leads to death. For some of us in this room, I'm going to be honest. For some of us, and last night, if you were one of the people who said, you know what, I don't know God, and I know I don't know God. I really don't have a relationship with him. Or maybe last night you went, I thought I knew God, but I actually found out last night that I really don't. I just know all this stuff about him. I don't know if I really even have a relationship with him. I don't know that I've really actually handed my life over to him by faith and really entered this relationship with God, with Jesus. I just know a lot of stuff about him and I believe all this stuff about him, but I still believe in myself. I don't believe in him. And you have a decision to make because your life is without the spirit right now. All you have is the flesh. All you have is you. All you have is your own way and your own power and your own way of doing it. That's all you got. And if that's all you have, you have a big problem and I want to talk to you. Please listen to this. If you're going, I know I'm not a follower of Jesus. I want you to know ex exactly where you are. You're on your own and for some of you guys, I like being on my own. I don't want someone telling me what to do. I want to make my decisions, right? Let me tell you the truth. You have a big problem that you can't do anything about no matter how powerful you think you are, and it's a problem with sin. Sin. Guys, there's four things about sin that make it a huge problem for somebody who's living life on their own. Four things. One is this, and by the way, I went through these things and I went, because I for a long time went, ah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm living on my life on my own, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And then I heard this, you know, the first truth. And I, this one didn't, it didn't phase me at all. That everybody's a sinner. sinner. Romans 3.23, if you want to write it down. Everybody has sinned. The Bible says it all over the place. It's just one place. Does that surprise any of us that, that every single person has sinned? I don't think that surprises you. If you're living life on your own, I think you would probably go, yeah, I've sinned. Especially when we know what sin is. Sin is doing anything, thinking anything, saying anything different than how God wants us to think, do, or say. Everybody's sinned, Right? I don't think I've ever met anybody say, oh, I don't think I've sinned. But the second one, I have, and I was going, no, I don't think this is true. Here's the second truth about sin. John 8, 34, go on and write it down. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Anytime, anybody who has sinned even one time, you are a slave of sin. Now, that's one that for me, when I was like, I was listening to the truth, I thought, no. And actually, Jesus, when he says it in, in, in John 8, 34, he says, I'm telling you the truth. In other words, he says, believe it or not, 
This is gonna be something hard for you to believe, but this is the truth. Anybody who sins is a slave of sin. I said, no, that's not true. Jesus said it is true. One of us is wrong. Right? For a long time, I thought Jesus was wrong. Because I thought, there's no way. Now, I know some people are slaves of sin, right? I mean, you think of some people, they're alcoholics, drug addicts. You know what? They're sinning and they can't stop. You know what I mean? But when I was sinning, I was deciding to do whatever I wanted to do, and I decided not to. Whenever I didn't want to decide it, I'm in control. That's the reason why I don't want to follow God. I'm in control. I want to be on my own. And now suddenly you're telling me I'm not really on my own, but I, I'm actually being owned by someone else or something else, sin? No. No way. Until something hit me, you guys, and I don't know, maybe it was the Holy Spirit himself bringing it to my head. I remembered something in my life. I remember it a couple times. Have you ever, I'm talking to all of you who are living life on your own. Have you ever got, done something and then after you did it, you went, man, I didn't really mean to do that. Maybe, maybe you're not so much in control as you think you are. Maybe that was just a little hint, just a little glimmer that maybe you're not the one that's so much in control. If you're so much in control, you would never say that. What if something else really is controlling you, but is so clever, is so deceitful that it's actually making you believe that you're in control? For some of us, something, something right now in some of our heads are going, what? Could that actually be the case? Me and my brother, um, my brother a year and a half older than me, his name's Sam. Uh, when we were kids, we lived in the country, and we went down to this creek all the time when we went to catch fish. I don't know if any of you guys like the fish, but we like the fish a lot and stuff. And we did it in the, kind of this creek, this kind of pond, really, kind of thing. And uh, we caught what we called were bluegills. Some people call them perch. You know, and they're little fish, you know, and they're fun to catch. And we always just catch them, release them, try to catch them again. We just, that's just what we did. But every once in a while, I don't know if you ever had this happen, but every once in a while, the, the uh, perch or the bluegill would swallow the hook. And we were kids and stuff. And so whenever the bluegill would like swallow the hook, we had a couple of choices. We would take it out, you know, take it out of the water and go, oh man, I would just go, I would just go oh man, swallow the hook. So I would either have to, sometimes I would cut off the string, you know, and then, and let it go, whatever, and had a hook inside of it, you know, and just whatever happened to it. Um, and then I would put on a new hook. Sometimes we would go, okay, what do we do? And we kind of, for a while, we go, okay, let's try to pull it out. Let's try to get it out. And we kind of, and it's going to be gross, but we'd kind of, we'd pull out the guts. And that wasn't too great, you know, so we're like, oh, sorry, fish. Um, too bad. Put the, try to put the guts back in, whatever. So, uh, you know, clean off the, clean off the, you know, the hook. No, just kidding. I wouldn't lick it. So anyway, but that's what we do. And finally, you know, my brother, Sam, he was pretty, uh, he was kind of, well, he was, he was a mean kid. But anyway, um, he uh, came up with this game, and he called it Flying Fish. He was excited when he came up with this game when a fish would swallow a hook because that hook would not come out. And so he would play this game, and, and we were on this bridge over the creek. So he would do it, and he would put out some line, and he goes, oh, the fish swallowed the hook. And he would go, and he would he'd put out some line, lock it, and then he would start doing this, swinging it around. Like the fish would take off on this line, swing it around. He goes, oh, look, I'm a flying fish. I'm a flying fish. Oh, no, I'm, getting, I'm losing control. And he'd go, bam. And then he would pick it up again. He would do it again. Oh, look, I'm a flying fish. I'm a flying fish. Oh, bam. Oh, look, I'm flying. Oh, nosedive. Bam. And he would 
just keep doing this over and over, which I was really happy about because usually he would beat up me, and but that's why I was really glad he was beating up the fish. But he would just keep doing this, bam, 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 until literally, seriously, there'd be like fins flying after a while, scales, and finally, the whole thing would just kind of fall apart, and finally, honestly, it would just be just, just the guts with the hook. And then he'd pick it up, clean it off, put some bait on, and hope another fish would swallow the hook. That's my brother Sam. Some of you guys out there, seriously, I know this sounds sick, you guys, but seriously, I know there's some guys out there going, flying fish, awesome game. I'm going to do that, man. That's awesome. So anyway, some of you are doing that. Now me, I was an animal lover. You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that to it. You know, that's so mean, you know, that, that's terrible. But I was very curious about animals because I loved animals. I was very curious about animals. So every time a fish would swallow my hook, I would never play flying fish. I just wouldn't. I would actually go down the bank and I was very curious. I was like, wow, I now have this fish on this hook. Now, maybe I can just kind of put a bobber on it or something or line, give it some line. And I'd love to see, like, where it swims to. Like, it was almost a way that I could track it, you know what I mean? Like, and so I would go, I wonder if it's going to go to the bushes over there on the other side of the pond, you know. Let's see if it does. Oh, it's just going out in the middle and kind of staying there. And then and when it stopped moving or something or moving around, swimming around, I would, like, reel it back in, check it out, you know, take it out of the water, make sure it's okay, put it back in the water. It would start swimming again, you know, and I would let out some line, let out some line, and then I'd be, like, bored or something. I'd be like, okay, I want to see what it looks like now, see if it's okay, whatever, and then pick it up again, look at it, put it back down, and I'd do that over and over and over again to see, if, oh, is it going to go in the same place that it came back from before? Is that its home? Whatever, and, and then, so I kept doing that until finally, I kept picking it up out of the water, putting it back in, picking it up, putting it back in. That finally it just started dying like slowly. Yeah, and so I put it in the water and started turning sideways and upside down, you know, and like I pick it up again, you know, whatever, and start breathing really bad and stuff because I keep taking it out of the water. And finally it would, it would just die. I know. You guys, listen to this. I thought my brother Sam was so cruel but you know what, looking back on it, if I put myself into the, inside the fish's spot, I was the one that was more cruel. I mean, my brother, you know, that fish at least knew it was going to die. As soon as it went off the ground, I went, this is not natural, man. I am not in control. And I said, this is going to be bad. And then suddenly it started diving out. Okay, uh, God, I'm coming to see you, whatever. Boom, it's dead. You know what, that's like the addict. That's the person like the, the, the drug addict, the alcoholic, man. They're so into that sin. They know they're so captured by it. And sin is so in control. And they know they're out of control. They know it. And they know their life is leading to death. They just know it. That person actually is in a better place, you guys. They know it. Some of us, man, I didn't realize it, but I was the one acting way more like sin. Seriously, think about it. If I was that fish that I caught... I would actually have hope because I'm letting line out, right? So what does the fish think? It's in control. It's free. I'm doing what I want to do. And then suddenly, whenever I wanted it, I'd reel it back in. And suddenly, it's like, whoa, I didn't, what's, what's going on? And then, oh, okay, wait, I, I, that must have been a fluke. I'm free. Oh, wait, hold it. What's going on? Wait, no, 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 no. I'm free. And slowly, slowly, killing it. And the fish didn't even know it. Guys, that's sin. 
Guys, seriously, some of us, sin has taken, when we've sinned, we have become a slave of sin. It is the one holding the fish pole. And for some of us, sin does this, flying fish, boom, we know we're going down. We know it. We know that we're dying. For some of us, it has fooled us. It's deceived us so carefully that it, and so slowly controlling you that it actually is making you think you're in control. But you already know it. Guys, you know it. You're going, no, I'm in control. I'm in control. And then you know that there's been times where suddenly then you fall into the sin that you're going, why did I do that? Why am I still doing this? I don't want to do that anymore. But I keep going back to it. Because sin has you hooked. And in those moments, you get a little glimpse. Maybe you're not so much in control that you think you are. And it's slowly killing you because that's the third truth about sin. Everyone's sin. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And number three, sin has one purpose in your life and it is to kill you. The only result from sin is death. Romans 6.23. Because sin separates you from the only one that can give you life. Sin separates you from a holy God and he's the only one who can give you life. So if I'm separated from him and all I got is me and all I got is me being a slave of sin, all I've got is death and it slowly kills me. Slowly. And some of you right now were like me. When it finally hit me and I went, that is true. I, you know what? That is true. I'm not gonna, I totally was fooled. I'm really not, you know what? I am not gonna let sin control me anymore. And so I went, okay, sin, now I know your tactics. Now I know what you're doing. Now I'm ready for you. You are never gonna control me again. And if sin was a person, if sin was a person, it would look at me and go, yeah, right. Go ahead. You know what? I'll even give you a little line. Make you even feel good for a while. Because we swallowed the hook. We can't do anything about it. The fourth thing that makes sin even worse is that I'm completely helpless and hopeless to do anything about it. See, there's two problems. Sin is way too powerful and I'm way too weak. That's a bad combination. And for some of us, if you, I remember I told you that Romans chapter 7, it, it, Paul's saying, hey, this is life without the Spirit. For those of us who are living life on our own, we don't even have a choice in this. For those of us who have the Holy Spirit, we can choose to live life like chapter 7. For those of us who do not have the Spirit, we will, and we can't do anything but live life like chapter 7. And this is you, even if you want to try to break free, look at it. It says in chapter 7, verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, I'm on my own, sold under sin. Sin is my master. For I do not understand my own actions, for I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I don't do what I want, I agree that the law is good, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Who's really in control? Sin. Look at verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. It's just a selfish flesh. If I'm on my own, I'm just on my own. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Because I'm on my own. For I don't do the good that I want, but the evil I do is, is not. I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer, no longer I who do it, but it's sin that dwells within me. So I find it 
Look at verse 21. I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive of the law of sin that dwells in my members. I can have all the willpower I want, but I'm not powerful enough. There's this this law, there's this rule, there's this thing that's like the law of gravity. I can't escape it, and it's the law of sin. It's always going to control me, always. Look at verse 24, he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Some of you guys have been totally fine living on your own. You're like, I'm living on my own, fine. I'm I'm living in my flesh, big deal. I wanna just talk to any of you that you're going, whoa, he just described my life. He just described it. And now you're going, whoa, I am that fish and sin has deceived me and even given me freedom. And yet I know when it comes down to it, when it's all said and done, it reels me in any time that it wants. I know it. I know I'm on my own. And if you're on your own, you have no hope. You're completely helpless and hopeless. I don't care how much you want to fight it. You can't do it. Who's going to set you free? You've got to be ready to even be set free. I want you guys to be thinking about this, especially all of you that have been living life on your own. Really, you have, you maybe even known a lot of stuff about God, but you know you just believe in yourself. And you've just been living your life. You need to decide if you're done. Are you sick of it yet? Are you done? Are you tired? Does it really anger you that sin is actually in control of you? If it does, then maybe you're gonna be ready for the answer that we're gonna give you tomorrow because there is one answer, but I'm telling you, it's radical. And I'm telling you the truth. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's gonna cost you a lot. But between now and tomorrow night, I want you to really think about it. Take a walk. Think about it tonight when you're in bed. Think about who really owns my life. And have I re- do I really know Jesus? And if I don't, then what is my life really like? And do I really want it to be different? If you do, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. For the rest of us who have the Spirit, Maybe you just need to decide, why in the world am I not walking by the Spirit? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word, um, for really the truth that you tell us, God. I pray that for anybody in this room, that your Holy Spirit did turn a light bulb on and that we wouldn't turn it off. We would let it light and flicker and show us where we really are with you. For some of us, God, we know we're that fish on the hook. And we know we're on our own. We've been trying our hardest. But we know we really don't have a relationship with you. And up until this point, we thought that it was okay. But God, for some of us, 
just have us think, have us really think about where we are and if it really is okay with us that we're on our own. Thanks for showing us the truth. In your name, amen.